Take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please, and turn to the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms tonight, and we're going to be, uh, we're going to be brief tonight. And here's your iPad too, brother, when you get done. Psalm, uh, Psalm chapter 62 in your Bibles, and when you find your places tonight, let's all stand out of respect for the reading of God's Word, if, uh, if you're able to stand, that is. Psalm 62. And verse number one, I tell you what, we're just going to read two verses tonight, so we're just going to read them together this evening. Psalm 62, uh, verses one and two. Let's read those together. Ready? Truly my soul waiteth upon God, from him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Let's, see, let's read verse two once again as a church family. Ready? He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. And I want to talk to you about that subject tonight. I shall not be greatly moved. This is a brief message. And so just give me just a few minutes. We're going to baptize in just a few moments. And, uh, and so we're not going to be long tonight. Uh, but I hope you'll, give me, hope you'll give me a good hearing this evening. And I know that you will. You always do. And so we appreciate that very, very much. You may be seated tonight. And let me go to the Lord in prayer. You pray with me, and uh, we'll, we'll preach just for a few moments tonight. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be back at Calvary Baptist Church. And, and Lord, we just appreciate your blessings. And God, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your sweet spirit. Lord, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And we just thank you for that liberty that's in the house of the Lord. Father, you know what we've prayed? We've prayed that you would send a spirit of excitement and a spirit of revival, genuine revival. God, I believe you're doing that. Lord, I believe that we sensed, I believe we sensed it this morning. And Lord, I believe that's what was here. And we thank you, Lord, for challenging us. And, and it doesn't always have to be this way, but God, it was so good to see tears this morning and tenderness and folks on the altar and folks praying with one another and making decisions and, and joining the church. and God, we just, we just appreciate so much your blessings. And Father, I, I pray now that you'll, you'll knit our hearts together just for a few moments as I try to give your people a wonderful truth that you shared with me this week. And I hope that it will hope it'll make sense and I hope that it will glorify the Lord. And so, Father, fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit now. Oh, God. Hide us behind the cross. I pray you would. May nothing that's done tonight be about a man. But I, ha I pray, Heavenly Father, that we'll see the God man. I pray that we'll see Jesus tonight. Save that one that's lost. Lord, encourage that one that's discouraged. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you give us understanding from your precious word tonight. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. And so 2020... Uh, just something the Lord's laid on my heart. I've been trying to, I, I've been trying to really memorize uh, more scripture in the last little bit. And I'm going to tell you something, Calvary. It's been an incredible blessing. Um, and the Lord has helped me. The older you get, the harder it gets to memorize scripture. Uh, but it's doable. It's possible. And so I've been trying to apply myself just a little bit. And uh, God's been giving me some special, special verses. And I've been trying to commit those verses to memory. And sometime back, I was just thinking about how the Bible talks about the Lord is our rock. 
And so I begin to try to memorize some verses that have to do with that. Now, Psalm 62, 2 was one of my verses that the Lord directed me to memorize. Uh, he only is my rock. And by the way, he only is your rock. Uh, if you're depending on any other rock, you're in trouble. Uh, don't take this wrong. Don't get mad. It's way too early in the service to get mad, all right? Save it for later. Um, if Donald Trump was your rock, you're in trouble. And I, I voted for him. I love him. I prayed for him. And, and I'm, I'm still going to pray for him. Uh, but Donald Trump, although I think Donald Trump did great things, uh, Donald Trump's not our rock. Uh, Joe Biden is definitely not our rock. Uh, by the way, nobody's our rock. There, there's not a, a person. There's not a politician. There's not a preacher. There's been a lot of great preachers that God has called and God has, God has raised up to do great works, but none of those preachers ought to be our rock. God ought to be our rock. And the psalmist said, he only, he only is my rock and my salvation and then he goes on to say, he is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. I'm going to be honest with you. I absolutely love the first part of that verse. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. But before I really understood what this verse was trying to say, I'm just going to con confess tonight that the last part of that verse sort of bothered me. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. And then the psalmist said, I shall not be greatly moved. And I read that and I memorized that and I thought, why does it say that? Why does it say I shall not be greatly moved? Shouldn't it say this? Shouldn't it say he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In fact, if you read down just a little further, in verse number six, it actually does say that. Psalm 62, verse six, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense, I shall not be moved. I thought about that old hymn that we sing sometimes that says, in my Christ abiding, I shall not be moved. In his love I'm hiding, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the waters, Lord, I shall not be moved. And I'm gonna be honest with you, Psalm 62, two, does not seem to convey that message. It says that he is our rock, he is our salvation, he is our defense. But then it says that we shall not be greatly moved. Now I want to say quickly tonight, Calvary, that if God truly is your rock and your salvation, he'll keep you from being moved greatly. There won't be an abundance of movement in your Christian life. Listen to Psalm 37, 23 the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. But I want you to hear what I'm about to tell you. And I appreciate the Lord showing me this. Did you know tonight that if God kept you and I from moving at all, that it would actually be very detrimental to our Christian life? I want to see if I can illustrate that. It's 1973, and Chicago and the Sears and Roebuck uh, 
uh, company decided to build what was then called the Sears Tower. It's changed now. It's called the Willis Tower now. But they decided to uh, erect that, that monstrosity, that huge building, uh, extremely, extremely tall building. In fact, for a while, it was considered the, the tallest building in the world. It really is. It's over a quarter of a mile high. Some of our folks have been there. We've been there and taken some of our folks uh, there. And it really is an amazing thing. It stands out long before you get to the city of Chicago. Uh, you can see the Sears Tower because it stands so high, 109 floors. And uh, we've taken some of our folks all the way to the top. And, uh, and some of them have got to stand out there in those skyboxes and things. And, and it, it really is an amazing thing. But they don't call Chicago the Windy City for nothing. And sometimes being right there as it is right on Lake Michigan, if you didn't know any better, you'd think Lake Michigan was the ocean. And sometimes the storms roll into Chicago and, and sometimes the wind gets really, really heavy and sometimes 60 and 70 and 80 mile an hour gust. And, and so when the Sears Tower was constructed, it was built in such a way that on a windy day, the top sways up to three feet. You say, wow. Now, you can't really tell it when you're up there in the top. You can't really tell you're moving on a windy day. But the building actually moves. On a, on a day when the wind's not blowing, the building moves about six inches. But on a windy day, the building sways three feet one way or the other. Here's the interesting part about that story. The builders tell us this, that if the building did not bend, it would more than likely break under the pressure. If they had built the Sears Tower in such a way where it was so sturdy and it did not give an inch, that on those windy, windy days when the storms blow in, that probably the Sears Tower would break and it would fall over. A lot of our guys know a lot more about this than I do. I'm definitely not the expert, but we have some experts here tonight. When you pour concrete, one of the things that has to be installed is something called expansion joints. It's a crack. We have some here. It's a crack in the, uh, in the concrete or what we would call a spacer. And, and, and sometimes you see a beautiful piece of concrete and you look at that and you think, man, that's beautiful. They did a great job pouring that concrete and finishing it, but why in the world did they put those cracks in there? Why did they put those spacers in there? Well, those spacers are called expansion joints. And it allows the concrete to move by expansion. Sometimes when the weather gets extremely hot, and other times when the weather gets extremely cold, that concrete begins to expand. And contractors tell us this, that without the expansion joints, the concrete would surely crack under the pressure. The psalmist said, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. And I want to say amen. But then he gets that last part and he says, I shall not be greatly moved. Do you know what Calvary, the truth of the matter is? There are some times when God allows some movement into your life. 
If you could read that verse and say, boy, I'm never moved, I'm going to be honest with you, that probably wouldn't be great uh, in your life. There are some times when God allows a burden. There are some times when God allows a problem or God allows uh, some type of a setback or God uh, even allows an affliction or a trial or a storm of some kind. Uh, and some kind we, sometimes we look at that and we think, Lord, why are you allowing this movement to come into my life? Why are you moving me? Why are you shaking my life up? Why are you shaking our home up? Here I am. I'm, I'm trying to live for you. I'm trying to study the Word of God. I'm trying to spend time in prayer. I, I'm trying to be faithful to the house of the Lord. And, and yet my life is moving. God, you've allowed some, not, not greatly, but, but Lord, you've allowed some movement to come into my life. And uh, I want to tell you tonight why the Lord allows some movement in your life. Real simply tonight, number one is this. Movement discourages stiffness. Now, none of the young people know what I'm about to say, but all of you old codgers out there, you, you know what I'm talking about. Movement discourages stiffness. Have you ever done this? Have you been on a long trip or you got in the car and you sat for a long, long time, six, seven, eight hours, nine hours, whatever the case may be, and you finally got to your destination, and when you opened the door and got out, you were like, man, I can't even move. We had a big work day at the church here the other day. Honestly, this is the truth. And, uh, and by the way, enjoyed every single second of it, but we worked all the live long day. And, and I mean, we, we, we went at it uh, uh, on that Saturday, and, and uh, we, finally, we finally got done. And I got in the car, and, and I had to stop by Lowe's real quick, get some for the, uh, for the church. And I drove from the church parking lot to the Lowe's parking lot in Statesville and when I got out of the truck I thought Lord I can't even walk into Lowe's I mean I was so I was so sore uh, and so movement discourages stiffness did you know that if God did not allow some movement in our life that we would become so stiff and so ungrateful think about it have you ever wondered why the weather is not absolutely beautiful every single day why can it not be 72, sun shining, never rains, no clouds, just a, a slight little breeze that blows through the air? Why can it not be beautiful every single day? And the reason is because of this. If it was beautiful every single day in North Carolina, we'd take it for granted. You know what makes us thank God for the sunshine? Those rainy days. Those days when it's cloudy, those days when it's blustery, those days when it seems like the sun's not going to come out. And, and boy, after the, the rain's been here for a few days and the clouds have moved in, and all of a sudden that day comes and the clouds go away. And man, it's a beautiful, beautiful sky. And the sunshine is shining bright. Boy, we're so thankful uh, for the beautiful, beautiful day. It's that day or two of sickness that makes us uh, thankful for good health. Again, God allows movement to come because movement discourages stiffness. You know what I'm about to tell you is, a, is the truth. In 2020, God allowed some movement. Not greatly, thank God, but God allowed some movement. Well, our, our, our secure little lives got all messed up. I mean, everything we were used to went out the door. And God, and, and, and more things in 2020, we never saw those things coming. And all of a sudden, things that, things that we just sort of took for granted were taken away. Uh, our, our freedom and liberty and privilege just to walk into the house of God. All of a sudden, we're meeting out in the parking lot and, 
and, uh, and we're not able to have service like we always did and not able to have Sunday school and not able to minister and no longer able to get in the jails and no longer able to minister in the rest homes. And, uh, and I, I thought about this, our, our ability to, to visit with family members, our opportunity to eat a nice meal uh, in a restaurant, the, the privilege of, of visiting a loved one in a hospital. Again, God allowed some movement to come in 2020. Now listen to me, Calvary. Did you know tonight that it is very, very possible that God allowed uh, COVID-19 to come because God Almighty knew that you and I were getting a little bit stiff. We're getting stiff. By the way, I think we'd all have to admit to that. We just walk in the house of God, we just take it for granted. It's always going to be there. We're always going to have this freedom. We're always going to be, be able to carry our Bibles and go to church and sing, sing in the choir, have Sunday school, and all of a sudden, God stopped it. And we begin to think, man, what a blessing it was to go to the house of God. What a blessing it was to have Sunday school. What a blessing it was to go over and sing and preach at the nursing home and try to be blessing those folks. What a, what a blessing it was just to, just to walk into the hospital and, and visit with a loved one. And, and now uh, we've got a dad that's sick or a mom that's sick or a, a grandparent that's sick and we, we can't even get in there to see them. And, uh, and God allowed our life to be shaken up, some movement to come because God wanted to discourage that stiffness. And I believe that if we've learned anything from COVID-19, I believe that we've learned that we ought to be more grateful Grateful to the Lord for his many blessings. And Calvary Baptist Church in 2021, if we do anything, oh, let's give praise and thanks to the Lord. How many know tonight that God is good? God is good. And Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for those times when we just went through the motions and we just took it for granted. And movement, God sometimes does allow movement to come into our life because movement discourages stiffness. But number two, notice this tonight. Number two, movement requires direction. Movement requires direction. Brother Patterson is from California. Most of you are not. If you were to decide that you were going to take off to California, most of you would need some direction. You wouldn't want to just jump in the car and start driving down any road in any direction. And you think, well, all, all roads lead to California. All roads don't lead to California. And so you just get in the car and, and you head down Indian Hill and you go down Jennings and, and, uh, and I say, where are you, you going to go then? Well, I hadn't made up my mind yet, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take a road and see where I end up. And truth of the matter is, a year from now, you may still not be in California. You see, when there's movement, you need some direction. If you've ever flown out of an international airport, and those planes are coming in and landing, seem like one after another. Did you know those planes don't land on a whim? Those pilots don't circle around and say, well, it's a good time. Let's bring her in. That's not how it works. Brother Mike's a pilot down here, and he knows what I'm talking about. That there's a person in a tower. It's called a flight navigator or air traffic control and that air traffic control officer is directing that traffic. And he's telling this plane when to come in and this plane when to leave. And, and you wait for a little bit or circle or, or wait. Uh, and uh, he's giving those planes and he's giving those pilots directions on when to come in. There are times that God allows 
some movement in our lives because he knows that it will make us seek direction from the word of God. In Psalm 119, verse 105, the Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Isaiah 58, 11, And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. Proverbs chapter three, verse number five, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and thank God he shall direct thy paths. Oh, listen, can I just encourage us tonight that when movement comes in your life, when something shakes your life up, when sickness comes, when problems come, when a burden comes, when a valley comes, when a trial makes its way into your life, can I encourage you to make sure that you run to the Word of God so you can get some directions uh, to make sure you're headed in the right direction. Years ago, when my wife and I were living down here, when we first came to Calvary, the church had a little parsonage down here. And we lived in this little double wide right here beside the, the old church and, and the kids were little and my wife said, honey, said, the kids need a swing set. Let's go get a swing set. And so we went down to Lowe's Hardware or somewhere and we bought a swing set. Big old box, wasn't a symbol, it was just a big old heavy box. It was nice, had two or three swings and a glider and a sliding board and several different things on it. And we brought that thing home and, and went around there in the backyard and I cut that box open, started pouring everything out. And, and my wife said, honey, here's the direction. I thought, direction, smection. I don't need directions. Any redneck can put a swing set together. I've got a Bible college education. I don't need, what are you talking about, woman? I don't need those directions. And so my little... Uh, my little wife sort of said, okay. I started pulling out bolts and screws and nuts and, and I started uh, inserting tab A into slot B and, and I started putting bolts. They didn't look like they fit exactly right, but I started putting bolts through holes and screwing nuts on and, and, uh, and after about an hour or two, uh, it didn't like, look like any swing set that I had ever seen in my life and it looked like it was deformed, you know, and it, it didn't, it just didn't look right. It didn't look like it swung very good. And, uh, and my little wife came out and she said, honey, here's the directions. I was like, get out of here, woman. I don't need the directions. Okay. She goes back in for a little bit. So I take tab A out of slot B and I decide to put, you know, uh, tab D into slot, uh, slot E and, uh, and I took some bolts out and put them in another place and, and I worked on it for another hour or so and, and it, just, it, it, just, it still didn't look right. I was getting flustered. Couldn't get it together. That little redhead came back out. She said, honey, here's the directions. I said, well, I don't need them, but give me those directions. Give me those directions. I started looking at those directions and I found out exactly where this went and that went where bolts were supposed to go. And all of a sudden, after just a little bit of time, that swing set started looking like a swing set. And it wasn't long before everything started looking right. We started hanging the swings and the glider and, and, the, and the, the sliding board looked right. And the kids got out there and started playing. And y'all know where I'm headed with that story, don't you? 
You know what? I would have been a whole lot better off if I'd have just read the instructions. And you know what? We have problems and movement come in our lives. Sometimes we go to the Lord and we say, Lord, I don't understand this. Why? Why are you? I mean, you're, my, you're only my rock and you're my salvation. And God says, yes, I am. And Lord, you're my defense. And God says, amen to that. And then we say, God, why are you allowing me to be moved? And God says, I want you to get some directions. I want you to go to the word of God. And somebody said, when all else fails, read the instructions. But I want to say, before anything fails, go ahead and read the instructions. Man, just get in this book and read this book and eat this book and drink this book and breathe this book. And let it literally, let it saturate your mind and saturate your life. Oh, you say, Pastor, I read it on Monday. Didn't do anything for me. Go back and read it on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday and read it every single day. And I'll promise you this, that God will be true to his word and God will give you the direction that you need sometimes God allows movement to come into our life because movement discourages stiffness movement requires direction we're done tonight number three is this movement draws attention movement draws attention every one of you deer hunters y'all know what I'm talking about Especially after you've been out in the woods for several days, sitting in that deer stand. How many know that the, the woods have an amazing way where everything just begins to blend in? The, the leaves on the trees sort of match the bark on the trees. The trees sort of match the, the, the leaves that are dying on the ground. Even the animals sort of blend in with the forest. But all of a sudden, in your, as you're sitting in that deer stand, movement. And all of a sudden, you see some movement. And that movement draws your attention. That movement catches your eye. Did you know that God allows a little movement in the life of the Christian? Maybe a burden. Maybe the loss of a loved one. Maybe a financial crisis. And when God allows that movement to come into your life, all of a sudden the world that wasn't paying attention before, all of a sudden they see that movement. And they begin to pay attention to that movement because they want to see how you're going to respond. And you see this movement, listen, I'm done. This movement becomes our golden opportunity to point people to Jesus Christ. Man, they see us as Christians. They know we're Christian. They heard we go to Calvary Baptist Church. They heard we read our Bible, maybe even carry our Bible to work. And all of a sudden, boy, a tragedy hits. All of a sudden, a baby is sick. All of a sudden, a job is lost. And the world sees that movement and they focus in on that movement. Here's the reason. They want to see how you as a child of God are going to respond. Are you going to lose control? Are you going to use bad language? Are you going to get bitter against the Lord? Or are you going to Run to God, and you're going to show the world that he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Scott and Jenny Gray, Miss Jenny was on our bus route for a while. And some, some time back, years ago now, Scott and Jenny were expecting a baby, 
And they were so excited about the baby. And they had planned and, and got the nursery all ready. And Miss Jenny had carried the baby for a long, long time. And, and they were getting ready. And they were excited about the delivery. And everything was going great. And then right, just literally right before the baby was supposed to be delivered, there was a problem. Miss Jenny went to the doctor and the doctor examined her and she said, uh, she said, Miss Grace, she said, I'm sorry to tell you this, but she said, the baby has died. And so Scott and Jenny went to the hospital and the hospital, you know, took the measures that they needed to take and they were devastated. I mean, they were, they were sad. They were so sad. Some of their family came in to visit and this was very pre-COVID and so all the family had gathered in the room and and uh, they were sad. You understand there were tears, but there was some joy. Every once in a while there was some laughter. Then you would hear some singing coming out of the room. And the family just came around them just loving on them. They were all loving on Jesus and it was a sad time, but they were just the joy of the Lord is our strength. What Brother Scott didn't know and Miss Jenny didn't know is there was another young couple just down the hallway who also lost their baby. A little bit later on, that daddy came to Pastor Scott and he said, I got to ask you a question. And he said, well, sure. He said, you lost a baby. He said, yes, we did. He said, we lost a baby. He said, man, we don't understand. He said, my wife and I are down here in this room and he said, we... Uh, we, we don't mean to eavesdrop, but he said we, every once in a while, he said we, we, we hear singing coming out of the room. And he said every once in a while, he said we'll, we'll even hear laughter. And he said sometimes we walk by the room and he said, I, I, I know we shouldn't, but he said, I, he said we sort of look in the room and he said we see smiles. And he said, we, we don't understand. He said, we just lost a baby. And and our hearts are broken. And he said, you just lost a baby. And he said, yet we see joy and we see, we see contentment and, and, and we see love and, and, and peace. And, and they said, what, how, can you explain it? Pastor Scott uh, said, oh, yes, I can. He said, we know Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus is our Savior. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. And Pastor Scott was able to share the gospel with this dad and said, listen, let me tell you how we can have some joy even in a bad time. How we can have some happiness even in a bad time. And thank God Pastor Scott was able to point that man to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, Christian. Just because you're saved doesn't mean things aren't going to be tough. It's not all a bed of roses. And sometimes people have, sometimes especially young Christians, they sort of think that. Well, I'm saved now. <laughs> Man, I'm invincible. <laughs> I wanna, and I want to tell you in love tonight, you are not Superman. The only Superman is the one that saved you. And there's going to be some problems and there's going to be some burdens and there's going to be some trials. But don't forget Psalm 62 too. Maybe some other folks ought to memorize that one. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. And oh, by the way, I shall not be greatly moved. Sometimes God allows movement. But I'll promise you this. He's got a plan and he's got a perfect purpose. 
Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, thank you for this time we've had together tonight in the house of the Lord. And Lord, a simple word, but I trust it's been a blessing. I hope it's helped somebody tonight. Lord, you never promised us that once we got saved and started serving you, that everything would be perfectly smooth. There's going to be some issues. Lord, there's going to be some problems. There's going to be some movement. But Lord, if you didn't allow that movement into our life, we would more than likely break under the strain. Father, really all day today, it seems like, and I'm not exactly sure why, but all day today, it seems like the theme has been, just trust me. Just trust me. You may not understand everything that's going on, but just trust me. Father, tonight there's somebody under the sound of my voice. There's some movement that's taking place in their life. And God, tonight I pray that they'll realize that you have a perfect plan and a perfect purpose. If you've allowed that movement, there's a reason. And it's not because you're mad. It's not because you hate them. But God, it's because you've got a wonderful plan for their life. I pray that you'll bless in this invitation. Lord, we have so felt the presence of the Lord today. And I pray that, Lord, during this time, Lord, before we leave and go home, that somebody would get some help tonight. Save that one that's lost. And encourage that one that's discouraged. Lord, please, in Jesus' name, save that one that's lost. And encourage that one that's discouraged. Lord, please, in Jesus' name.
And that movement draws your attention. That movement catches your eye. Did you know that God allows a little movement in the life of the Christian? Maybe a burden. Maybe the loss of a loved one. Maybe a financial crisis. And when God allows that movement to come into your life, all of a sudden the world that wasn't paying attention before, all of a sudden they see that movement. And they begin to pay attention to that movement because they want to see how you're going to respond. And you see this movement, listen, I'm done. This movement becomes our golden opportunity to point people to Jesus Christ. Man, they see us as Christians. They know we're Christian. They heard we go to Calvary Baptist Church. They heard we read our Bible, maybe even carry our Bible to work. And all of a sudden, boy, a tragedy hits. All of a sudden, a baby is sick. All of a sudden, a job is lost. And the world sees that movement and they focus in on that movement. Here's the reason. They want to see how you as a child of God are going to respond. Are you going to lose control? Are you going to use bad language? Are you going to get bitter against the Lord? Or are you going to run to God and you're going to show the world that he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Scott and Jenny Gray, Miss Jenny was on our bus route for a while. And some, some time back, years ago now, Scott and Jenny were expecting a baby. And they were so excited about the baby. And they had planned and, and got the nursery all ready. And Miss Jenny had carried the baby for a long, long time. And, and they were getting ready. And they were excited about the delivery. And everything was going great. And then right, just literally right before the baby was supposed to be delivered, there was a problem. Miss Jenny went to the doctor and the doctor examined her and she said, uh, she said, Miss Grace, she said, I'm sorry to tell you this, but she said, the baby has died. And so Scott and Jenny went to the hospital and the hospital, you know, took the measures that they needed to take and they were devastated. I mean, they were, they were sad. They were so sad. Some of their family came in to visit and this was very pre-COVID and so all the family had gathered in the room and and uh, they were sad. You understand there were tears, but there was some joy. Every once in a while there was some laughter. Then you would hear some singing coming out of the room. And the family just came around them, just loving on them. They were all loving on Jesus. And it was a sad time, but they were just the joy of the Lord is our strength. What Brother Scott didn't know and Miss Jenny didn't know is there was another young couple just down the hallway who also lost their baby. A little bit later on, that daddy came to Pastor Scott and he said, I gotta ask you a question. And he said, well, sure. He said, you lost a baby. He said, yes, we did. He said, we lost a baby. He said, man, we don't understand. He said, my wife and I are down here in this room and he said, we, uh, we, we don't mean to eavesdrop, but he said, we, every once in a while, he said, we, we, we hear singing. Coming out of the room. And he said, every once in a while, he said, we'll, we'll even hear laughter. And he said, sometimes we walk by the room. And he said, I, I, I know we shouldn't. But he said, I, he said, we sort of look in the room. And he said, we see smiles. And he said, 
we, we don't understand. He said, we just lost a baby and, and our hearts are broken. And he said, you just lost a baby. And he said, yet we see joy and we see we, we see contentment and, and, and we see love and, and, and peace. And, and they said, what, how, can you explain it? Pastor Scott uh, said, oh, yes, I can. He said, we know Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus is our Savior. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. And Pastor Scott was able to share the gospel with this dad and said, listen, let me tell you how we can have some joy even in a bad time. How we can have some happiness even in a bad time. And thank God Pastor Scott was able to point that man to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, Christian. Just because you're saved doesn't mean things aren't going to be tough. It's not all a bed of roses. And sometimes people have, sometimes, especially young Christians, they sort of think that. Well, I'm saved now. <laughs> Man, I'm invincible. <laughs> I wanna, and I want to tell you in love tonight, you are not Superman. The only Superman is the one that saved you. And there's going to be some problems, and there's going to be some burdens, and there's going to be some trials. But don't forget Psalm 62 too. Maybe some other folks ought to memorize that one. He only is my rock. And my salvation. He is my defense. And oh, by the way, I shall not be greatly moved. Sometimes God allows movement. But I'll promise you this. He's got a plan. And he's got a perfect purpose. Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, thank you for this time we've had together tonight in the house of the Lord. And Lord, a simple word. But I trust it's been a blessing. I hope it's helped somebody tonight. Lord, you never promised us that once we got saved and started serving you, that everything would be perfectly smooth. There's going to be some issues. Lord, there's going to be some problems. There's going to be some movement. But Lord, if you didn't allow that movement into our life, we would more than likely break under the strain. Father, really all day today, it seems like, and I'm not exactly sure why, but all day today, it seems like the theme has been, just trust me. Just trust me. You may not understand everything that's going on, but just trust me. Father, tonight there's somebody under the sound of my voice there's some movement that's taking place in their life. And God, tonight I pray that they'll realize that you have a perfect plan and a perfect purpose. If you've allowed that movement, there's a reason. And it's not because you're mad. It's not because you hate them. But God, it's because you've got a wonderful plan for their life. I pray that you'll bless in this invitation. Lord, we have so felt the presence of the Lord today. And I pray that, Lord, during this time, Lord, before we leave and go home, that somebody would get some help tonight. Save that one that's lost and encourage that one that's discouraged. Lord, please, in Jesus' name.